Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, John Helmkamp, Matthew Betts, and Matt Okada. And welcome back to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. This is your usual host, Matthew Betts. Uh, not joined by your usual co-hosts in Matt Okada and John Helmkamp. They are currently working on some administrative products behind the scene. So we brought in our fourth host, uh, who's been on the show at least like four or five times now, um, Ben Heisler. Ben, what is going on tonight, man? Matthew, it is uh, it's good to be with you, man. I feel honored that I have made it all the way up from first-time guest to second-time guest to guy that just sort of annoyingly hangs around the podcast to now fourth co-host. This is... Moving on up, man. I feel very good about this. Absolutely. It's a it's a promotion. Hey, the last time we had you on uh, was for our, our DFS and our betting preview for the playoffs in January. That's right. And I'm not going to lie, man. Those were some solid picks. Uh, I know I did very well with a couple of your recommendations. Oh, so as long as you keep that up, I think our listeners are going to be very excited about that. And Ben told me before we started recording tonight, he said, if you make these bets, what he's about to tell you, and they don't hit, he will pay you personally for whatever you get incorrect. So, uh, okay. at Benny Heiss on Twitter okay. is, is where to find him for that. All right, so we're already off and rolling on a fantastic start, just digging deep in the pockets. We got the, uh, got, the, got the check back from, from the government uh, in light of coronavirus. I am more than happy, yes, to just spread that directly back to anybody that takes Perfect. my picks. In fact, I, I should probably give it out to everyone that's fading my picks, but... You know, maybe maybe we could turn this into a bit where if I get all of them wrong, like I'm the guy that just gets everything wrong, and it's hilarious to bring me on your podcast because no matter what he says, he's gonna <laughs> get it wrong because he's a clown. Like maybe I can spin that in any different direction here. I, I have a lot of options. There are several options. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see how it goes tonight. Okay. Uh, we are discussing the NFL draft, which is less than a week away. Uh, which is crazy to say. We finally have a live sporting event, so to speak. Um, "Quote unquote," on our TVs in less than a week, and man, I'm so excited. We're going to break down some of our favorite prop bets on the NFL draft on tonight's show. Uh, hopefully, help you put a little bit of extra cash in your pockets with our picks. So we'll see how that goes. A couple of administrative items first before we get into that. Uh, reminder: find the show on social media at Redshirts FF Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The website, redshirtsfantasyfootball.com. And of course, you can watch the show uh, on YouTube. Uh, our, our replays are all available there. We also have our rookie scouting profiles on YouTube for all of these big names for fantasy. So check that out. Um, and when you're there, be sure to hit the subscribe button. All right, Ben, before we get into these hot, spicy takes that are going to make us uh, millions of dollars, just let the people know a little bit about yourself. Obviously, we said you've been on the show before. So some people know you, some don't. If you're a first-time listener... Uh, you got to follow Ben. Ben is the man. Uh, ben, where can people find you and what have you been working on? I've been working on what feels like a thousand different things, but if people want to go and, and find sort of the hilarity that I try to put out on the tweet machine, it's at Benny Heiss, B-E-N-N-Y-H-E-I-S, and then the, the same is uh, applicable on Instagram, except usually around it involves more um, goofy stuff that my 11-month-old is is doing at the time. So more of the more of the sports-related stuff is on Twitter. Uh, more of the sort of weird, wacky stuff is on the Instagrams. But um, I was host of Fantasy Football Sunday uh, here in Kansas City, where I've lived for the last six plus years. 
for about four or five years, and then I eventually moved on to run a, a DFS startup called Fantasy Sports Markets. Uh, and sort of in the process of working there, we started to move forward towards the sports betting side because we started to see the writing on the wall. Perhaps it got overturned, and consequently, we knew that sports betting was going to start to slowly and surely uh, take over in the form on a state-by-state basis. So I wanted to be prepared. I knew that that was going to be the next uh, element of of where this business was going, and it was already a passion of mine anyway. So I've been writing, covering, doing broadcasts, live streams uh, on sports wagering, sports betting, and a little bit of DFS as well. Uh, and that's all over at Benny at, over at, on Twitter at Benny Heiss. Uh, and then lately, I've been uh, doing some. Uh, writing over at actionrush.com. A lot of more information-based stuff uh, as far as uh, line movement goes, especially for the NFL draft. That's been a a big key over there. So yeah, you can read my work over at actionrush.com, but definitely give me a follow on Twitter at Benny Heiss. Definitely, man. All right, before we get into these picks, last two reminders, uh, and these are exciting ones. John Helmkamp, uh, the usual co-host, and myself, are going to be live streaming the first round of the NFL draft. So if you want to take in the NFL draft from a fantasy perspective, and man, there are so many fantasy relevant names in round one, um, come hang out with us. We'll be live on Periscope and on our YouTube page. Uh, The second reminder, we are giving away one of these bad boys, a free mug, put this in the camera, Uh, a free mug. We have a contest going on. The tweet will come out probably, uh, probably Monday on our our show handle at redshirts ff pod to win one of those free mugs you're going to have to correctly guess the top 10 picks in the nfl draft whoever is closest wins the mug so look for the tweet it is coming on monday all right ben should we make some money we should make some money now just to clarify for uh to to win this mug because uh i'm going through mugs left and right heating a baby formula so this is uh something that i'm going to try and get myself into do you have to get the the top 10 picks in order or do you have to get it by team as well we're going to go in order okay and obviously not everyone's going to get the correct pick and some people might not even get them all so we're going to do uh the highest percentage correct and we'll probably do a tiebreaker we haven't thought about it too much about those details but the the tiebreaker would probably be the correct guesses to the correct team okay so order is first team is the tiebreaker very good all right consider me in all right let's do it hey before we even talk about these picks i just have to let everyone know that a quote came out from a gm today this is on ian rapaport's uh twitter and the grammar is hilarious uh (laughs) the quote is i had a gm tell me Quote, the media is wronger about mock drafts this year than you guys have ever been, end quote. Um, so I'm going to preface our picks with, with saying that based off what we've seen in the media, what we've heard. I mean, I am fascinated by this year's draft. I have no clue what's going to happen. We have Tua's hip. We have the whole Zoom call thing. We have Gettleman's home setup. I mean, it is going to be wild. I cannot wait so, to see what happens. So but, what was fasc- what's fascinating to me is... Whether or not, because normally during a a traditional NFL draft, you're going to have a ton of trades and a lot of movement. And I I also think about the current state of the NFL where so many GMs and so many coaches play it pretty conservative. Like right now, the goal is to keep your job as opposed to trying to win a Super Bowl for the majority of these teams. So what's fascinating is when I hear that from from Ian Rappaport, I, I think to myself, well... It kind of feels like this is going to be the year where more than likely things line up the way that they're supposed to. I just don't think there's going to be a ton of trades because everything is already digital. Uh, you just want to make sure that you get the pick in on time, um, and you don't want to deal with any sort of technological issues. So 
I, that surprised me to hear. Maybe a lot of different GMs are already talking behind the scenes about moving up. I saw an Adam Schefter report that came out earlier that both Detroit and the Giants are willing to move from their number three and their number four spots. So uh, maybe it's just very quarterback heavy up top besides Chase Young, and then things start to even itself out. But that's that was that was really striking to me. Yeah. It is interesting. Like I said, I'm just fascinated with the unknown of, of what's going to happen here in the next week. Uh, but let's take it. Let's take our, our content, our, our our first picks to those top few picks. And we both looked ahead. We uh, have done these on DraftKings Sportsbook and FanDuel Sportsbook primarily. So that's where our lines are coming from. We're going to look at the top three players selected in order. And you and I both put this down on the dock. So we like it uh, quite a bit. I found on FanDuel the order being correct as Joe Burrow, Chase Young, and then Justin Herbert to be plus 370, or the same two picks, uh, Burrow and Young, and then Tua to be the third pick at plus 230. Now, Ben, you just alluded to it. The Lions are shopping uh, their pick at number three. So are we going to see a scenario here where a quarterback is taken and you should just bet both of those to see which one is correct. And either way, you're going to come out in the green. Yeah. I, I think that makes a ton of sense. And by the way, those odds that you found on FanDuel, you actually get slightly better odds currently at the moment on DraftKings Sportsbook. So, uh, what I found was Joe Burrow, Chase Young, Tua Tagovailoa was actually coming in at plus 425 as opposed to um, plus 230 on FanDuel. And then if you're looking for Burrow, Young, and Justin Herbert, that's coming in at plus 550 on DraftKings compared to plus 370. Wow. So right now, if uh, depending on where you are in the country, DraftKings, for that particular bet, the first three in order is probably the way to go. Um, if you also just want to do the more traditional route and you think Detroit isn't able to, to move that pick, you can still get positive value on Burrow, Young, and Akuda at plus 110. So you can still win $110 on a $100 bet. Um, that's just one of those where I feel like it's got to be some sort of combination of those three, and you can be a, a little bit more risk-averse despite knowing that there's going to be some theoretical movement. I Detroit's fascinating to me, Matthew, because I don't think they're looking for a quarterback, but I also have seen a lot of reports that are indicating that they might want to take Tua just in the event that Maybe just they, they, they're ready to move on from Stafford and they don't necessarily have to rush to get Stafford out. They can go ahead and, and bring two along at the right pace. Um, you know, Maybe they bring on somebody who's a really solid player in Akuda, but then maybe they're kicking themselves later knowing that they had a chance to get uh, arguably the 1B to Joe Burrow when 100% healthy. So I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility that somebody like Tua or maybe even somebody like Herbert goes to Detroit. I just envisioned that it would likely be Tua just because of more of the intangibles, uh, more of somebody that I feel just sort of fits in better with sort of what Matt Patricia might be looking for. Yeah, that's a great call. And I tend to like, I like all these bets for sure, because I think you can make money if you bet smartly on each of them. Right. Meaning if you don't bet a ton of money on, let's say the, the Herbert one, and then you bet like a little bit on the Okuda one and the Okuda one wins, obviously you lose money. But if you're smart about how you divvy out those those wagers, you can come out in the green if you bet all three. Now, I will say, I like the Herbert selection as a dark horse, and obviously the odds show that, because the Patriots have been in discussion with the Lions over the last 24 hours or so about that draft pick. And there was a report about two days ago that the Patriots absolutely love Justin Herbert. Now, do we ever trust the Patriots? No, of course no. not. But 
I'm going to trust that maybe that's correct and see what happens uh, with that pick. So either way, you know, with those three, I, I love all three. I think they're great selections because the top two seem pretty locked in at this point. You just have to have that third one hit. And I think those are the three possibilities. I don't think there's going to be anyone else that has taken in that third spot. So you might as well put a little bit on each. And obviously one of them should hit in theory. Yeah. I think you're uh, spot on it. And especially too, like, even if it ends up being a CUDA, like there's a, there's a logical rationale behind it. Like Darius Slay, no longer with the squad, Okuda, the best cornerback in this draft by, by a pretty wide margin. So uh, Detroit, if they don't trade the pick um, and they're set with Stafford, like that's, that's the dude. Cause Chase Young's going to Washington and Burrow. Um, and I know that our guy, John Helmkamp had some theoretical reports that say that Cincinnati might trade the pick. Uh, I know those have quieted down a little bit, but I trust the information that John might have. Uh, either way, just a CUDA makes a ton of sense. But if you think they roll the dice and, and try and move something on a quarterback or they trade that pick, um, that adds a little bit of stability to that bet. Yeah. Uh, shout out to John, man. Yeah. <laughs> he put himself out there. He knew it was going to happen when oh, he sent that sure. tweet, but, um, yeah, shout out to John, and, and I have to defend him. I did see the actual information that came through that he was referencing, okay. so it was not just John blowing smoke to everyone out there that blew up his Twitter. Yeah, and we no, knew and, it was and he's not that type. Uh, he's not that type of dude either. Like you know, I, I no, get he's not he's not all. he's not he's not a reporter, but he takes in a lot of information. He talks to a lot of people, um, and so yeah. I, I trust that decision that he made, knowing that if it's good information, he trusts the source had to go ahead and put it out there. And again, there's. Here's the thing, even if it's the source didn't have the right information, there's so much BS with 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 coach speak uh, and GMs just oh, trying yeah. to send out smoke signals to try and move guys around anyway. So even if Rappaport were to put that thing out there, who knows how accurate or credible it would have been. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, man. I want to move over to like a, another bet that's pretty similar okay. to what we just talked about because it has the same player involved. You like throwing a little bit of juice on Tua to the Lions for the same exact reason we just talked about. Go ahead and touch on the odds there, and then why you like that bet. So, so one of the fun things about uh, you know working in the, the sports wagering content business, and and also sort of on the affiliate marketing side, uh, Action Rush is an affiliate marketing partner with um, with DraftKings and FanDuel Sportsbook and, and BetMGM. Uh, what's cool is that you know you're you're content partners and you work with them. And again, this is all, it's not like this is private information, but a lot of this sort of helps you create content around the information that's coming out. So in, in two out of the lions, again, like it is a bit of a reach, but a G a DK Sportsbook, you can get that right now at plus 1400. And right now Tua to Miami is the most popular pick that they have. Um, but according to DraftKings Sportsbook, only 8% of the bets is on two of the line. So nobody really thinks that's going to happen. However, 19% of the handle or the money that's being bet is on Tua to the Lions. Now, maybe uh, pro professional bettors think that's just a really good value uh, at plus 1,400, but there's a reason that they're putting their money down there. Um, and that's why I think with the sharp action really siding towards Detroit, second only behind Miami, which has just a ton of the betting percentage and a ton of the handle, uh, watching that discrepancy for two of the Lions at 1400 feels like a, a pretty worthwhile gamble if you're going to even just put a few dollars on it. And again, you know, maybe Detroit is in that situation uh, where they, they feel like they want to go ahead and, and take a chance on a possible franchise quarterback. Uh, and Tua kind of fits that description, especially there. They don't want to kick themselves. So I, I think that's a noteworthy risk 
um, to be able to go ahead and say, yeah, to it to the Lions at plus fourteen hundred, considering where the sharp money is coming in, that's a very interesting bet for me. Yeah, it's worth ten bucks, right? See yeah, what ten to win, ten to uh, win one hundred forty. It, it's not gonna, yeah, it's not gonna kill you. And if you hits, you're, you know, you're you're doing dances in your living room. So uh, I like that a lot. Um, I also like for that same reason to kind of uh, transition to the quarterbacks. I like the Patriots. Their first position to be taken is a quarterback. And we just talked about the potential with them talking to the Lions about that trade. That value is at plus 300. Hmm. Um, and I think that that type of, of wager, you know, especially given the, the juice on it, plus 300 is worth uh, kind of a dart throw again for the same exact reason. So I like that value there uh, quite a bit. Let's move our discussion over to other skill positions, maybe the running back uh, and wide receiver. One thing that we've been talking a lot about on the pod here is our rookie rankings for fantasy. Now, from an NFL perspective, it seems as though DeAndre Swift is the favorite to go over Jonathan Taylor, at least based off the odds. Uh, We have DeAndre Swift coming in at minus 167 on DraftKings and Jonathan Taylor at plus 200 to be the first running back taken. I think DeAndre Swift is going to be taken first in the NFL draft. I mean, every single mock you see, he's the first running back taken. Um, and I feel like that's not a terrible price to pay. Now, of course, if we had done this show two weeks ago, the line was better. It was at like minus like 125, and I'm, I'm kicking myself for not taking it. Uh, but I think I still might go in on this one because of the fact that every single mock you've seen so far and every ranking that you see out of these top-level analysts have DeAndre Swift above Jonathan Taylor. Uh, what are your thoughts on that specific wager there? Ben? Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, a couple of the mocks that I've seen, which also makes sense, is DeAndre Swift being taken uh, at the end of the first round to Kansas City with pick number 32. You think about how Andy Reid uh, and you as a, a longtime Philadelphia Eagles fan have seen this, just how well running backs that uh, have a really versatile skill set, that are good pass catchers, um, that can run a lot of these different screens that they like to, to have into big chunk yards. Like DeAndre Swift really fits that profile exceptionally well. Uh, and you're right, from a grading perspective, like he didn't put up Jonathan Taylor-type numbers. You know, Cam Akers is another guy that people feel really good about the raw athleticism. Same with J.K. Dobbins. But uh, Swift sort of hits all the different levels that you want out of a modern-day NFL running back who can run between the tackles, who has breakaway speed, um, who can catch the the ball out of the backfield. So I I think it makes a lot of sense. And yeah, it might be a little bit more on the heavy side compared to where it was before. But I I just think from a grading perspective, he's on a different tier. You know, like we talked about in fantasy drafting, you draft in tiers. You make sure that you get the guy in that top tier before moving on to the next wave. I think DeAndre Swift is probably in a tier of his own. And I think he is a he has a chance to probably be the lone running back taken in the first round, which also might be an intriguing uh, bet that I'd have to try and figure out what the, what the odds are for that. I, I imagine somebody like DeAndre Swift would probably be at least plus 275 or so. Yeah, I, I forget the exact number because as I was making my picks here on the, the show doc, I actually closed out after I made them because I was like, I'm pretty sure this is where I'm going to land. And as soon as you were talking, I was like, I should have left that open. So, like. I- you might as well, if you think he's going to be the first running back taken, you might as well put some juice on both because if he's taken, it's either super early in round two 
or back end round one, like you're saying. And it is, I know, I remember it is plus money and it's pretty good plus money too. So in the first round. So actually, uh, and this is sort of what I just pulled up on, on DraftKings. So I'm not sure if you found it on DK or on FanDuel. What I'm looking at right now is for total running backs drafted in the first round, it is set at 0.5. So right now, DraftKings believes that DeAndre Swift is going in the first round because right now the over 0.5 for total running backs drafted in the first round is minus 250. So if you think that teams oh, are wow. going to wait uh, and Swift, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Makers, those guys get drafted in the second, go ahead and take the under at plus 200. But um, normally on, on that sort of a prop, um, if it's just between zero and one, that's likely an indication that a lot of betters think that somebody like Swift is going in the first round or a team is going to move up to get somebody like Swift. So you're taking a little bit of a risk at the same time, you know, if it's, it's also running backs and running backs have found themselves to be a little bit more uh, versatile and you can get more late round value for them. So plus 200 uh, for no running backs to be taken in the first round. I'm debating just putting a little something on it, even though I feel like Swift is going to go in the first. Yeah, it's it's exciting for fantasy, not for let alone sure. uh, sports wagering, for, for sure. sure. Um, I'm super excited to see where these running backs go. Let's kick it over to uh, some wide receivers that you and I both have on our list here. I'll kick it over to you first. Tell me why you're excited about Jerry Judy going to Jacksonville. I, I just feel like it's a good fit. I feel like he's going to be the first wide receiver off the board. Uh, you can get him to Jacksonville at plus 1800. Um, and that's also where you can also get him at plus 121 as the first wide receiver drafted. I, I think he stands out ahead of CD Lamb. I think he ha- stands out ahead of, uh, of Ruggs from Alabama. Judy just does everything really, really well. Um, and I, I just like the fit for Jacksonville. I think they're still looking for for somebody to sort of fill that Allen Robinson type of role um, over the last couple of years. He fits that description. Um, you know, Jerry Judy was on Mel Kuyper's mock to go to Jacksonville, I believe, as the first wide receiver off the board. Um, and again, you know, you think about Miami. They, they probably are okay at the wide receiver spot. Uh, Chargers are great at the wide receiver spot. Carolina in terrific shape there uh, with guys like DJ and Curtis Samuel. Um, Arizona has a thousand wide receivers. They just got DeAndre Hopkins. So it would make sense for me for Jacksonville, especially now that Gardner Minshew is running the show. Um, if they're not going to get him some help on the offensive line, if they're not going to try and make a, a possible replacement on, on at defensive end or defensive tackle, um, Judy, if you believe he's the best wide receiver, you have a chance to start the run on wide receivers as opposed to try and play catch up. So I think the move makes a lot of sense. And Jacksonville sitting there at nine, you can get it for plus 1800. Again, throw just $5 on it and hope that it hits. Yeah, that's, it's a great way to think about it too, because you also, like you said, think about what the Jaguars need. It's a lot (laughs) for sure. But if they go wide receiver at nine, they also pick again in the first round at, where is it? Let me scroll here, at 20. And obviously they need help on the defensive side of the ball with letting go uh, guys like Jalen Ramsey. They need linebacker help for sure, defensive line, etc. So there's a lot of ways they could go, which kind of makes it a really intriguing pick because it's not like they're penciled in or even in pen to go line or go quarterback like some of these other teams are. So that is a really intriguing pick. I like uh, Henry Ruggs to be the first wide receiver taken, and it mostly goes along with if your indication of the Jaguars doesn't hit because I think the Jets are locked in on Henry Ruggs. So this is one where, you know, they're 
they're both not going to hit, right? If if Judy doesn't go to the Jaguars, I think Ruggs is a lock to go at 11. To the Jets, there's been some rumblings that they are in love with this guy and that they're locked in on him. And honestly, I think it makes perfect sense. They have not had any playmakers for their young quarterback, and they're just letting him fail and fail and fail again. And maybe you could say, let's go offensive line here. It's probably the smarter move, but... I don't know, man. It's the Jets. They need playmakers. Their wide receiver one is Rashad Perryman. I don't know what else there is to say. Right. And, and you can that. get rugs on uh, DraftKings Sportsbook to the New York Jets at plus 600. So it's definitely they're They're the third team behind Denver, uh, San Francisco, uh, the Raiders and the Jets. And obviously San Francisco would be a really intriguing fit for rugs. And I think the Jets are picking two spots ahead of them. So all the more indication that especially if Judy goes early, uh, to Jacksonville at nine, um, you know, there's a possibility that CD Lamb could still be on the board for them if they feel like that's a more all-around complete player. Um, but yeah, I I think Ruggs is one of those guys that a team yeah. might consider even trading up for just because they fall in love with the speed. That's what exactly what I was going to say, man. The NFL they just love speed. Uh, there's a reason John Ross was taken in the top ten of, of the NFL draft just a couple of years ago. Teams are trying to find their um, next Tyree. I, I just Hill. think they they fall in love with that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And the next bet that I think goes perfectly with those that we just discussed with Henry Ruggs specifically that I like a lot is that draft position. The over-under set at 13.5. The under just minus 104 on FanDuel. Um, the two teams we just talked about, uh, the Jaguars need a wide receiver. The Jets need a wide receiver. They're picking 11. The Raiders need a wide receiver. They're picking at 12. And the Niners also could use some speed. They're picking at 13. I There's a, a show doc that Ben and I are going off of. I highlighted my favorite one in green. I almost made this like extra green with like seven highlights. Like I love this bet. I don't know how this doesn't hit, which means of course he's going at like 22. But I, I, I don't know, man. There's, there's just too much to love about the teams that need wide receiver and where that line is. I think there's a very, very, very good chance he's going before pick 13 uh, and the line, of course, 13 and a half. What are your thoughts on that? On I think that it pick? makes a ton of sense. And the only way that I'm trying to talk myself out of it is just the pure number of wide receivers that are available in this draft. And, and we might get into this a little bit later, but um, if all of a sudden NFL teams start to believe to themselves, we can get a second or a third round quality wide receiver in the fourth or fifth, or we can still get a bottom tier first round wide receiver in the second or third, just because of the depth in this year's draft. So we're going to go ahead and take the, the, the second best uh, inside linebacker off the board, or we're going to go ahead and take, um, you know, a, a top two offensive tackle because there's a limited amount of those positions. And, and that's something that I'm thinking about as far as potentially dropping wide receivers down. But I mean, go through the teams that you just mentioned here. You know, we talked about Jacksonville. Um, they have DJ Chark, obviously, who had a terrific season. D.D. Westbrook is continuing to improve. Um, but but certainly somebody like Judy adds another dimension to that offense, especially with the type of player that Minshew is, likes to take a lot of chances, needs guys to be in the right spot. Um, that makes a big difference. And especially with Fournette, that, that really can add a lot and another dimension to that offense. Um, the Jets, God, they need wide receivers to help Sam Darnold out. Uh, the Raiders, especially, um, with Tyrell Williams being their, their, their number one at this point um, to go along with a really solid tight end. Um, and then San Francisco, you know, the, the Emmanuel Sanders no longer there, and uh, you want somebody on the other side of Devo Samuel. 
So you're right. Like if you can get it at 13 and a half under, oh man, I I think that's a great play. And I'm actually surprised that we haven't seen that line move over to the minus side yet. Yeah, I was too. When I saw that, I was actually kind of shocked and I had to do a double take to make sure I didn't write yeah, that down. It's a great play by you. That is definitely the line. So I, I'm liking that one a lot. Ben, before we get to our next uh, pick here, I want to remind everyone about the sponsor of tonight's show. Thank you so much to tinywhiteboardworkouts.com for sponsoring the show. Guys, listen, we're all in quarantine. We usually go to the gym. You can't go to the gym. They're closed. What are you going to do? You're going to train with someone who knows what they're doing. My friend John is a personal trainer. I used to work with him uh, at my fitness facility. The dude knows his stuff, and he's putting together programs for you to do from home with minimal equipment. So it's perfect for what we're doing, what we're dealing with. Uh, John's going to hook you up. He's doing a buy one month, get one month free to help everybody out because we know people are struggling financially right now with what's going on. So head on over to tinywhiteboardworkouts.com. Check out John's stuff. He's going to hook you up. Also, follow him on Instagram at tinywhiteboardworkouts. All right, Ben, let's get over into our next pick here. Uh, let's keep it with the wide receivers. I have one on your, your list here that I like a lot. The over-under at five and a half total wide receivers drafted in the first round. The under five and a half is plus 200. Are you leaning that way or are you taking the over? So the information that DraftKings has put out would indicate that a lot of the handle is on the over. Um, but then, you know, salute to Ross Tucker. And I tweeted about this a little bit earlier this week. I heard Ross Tucker, um, you know, he works on the, the Eagles radio network um, and on radio.com. He's uh, an insider there. Uh, really intriguing uh, and, and good NFL analyst was talking about sort of what we were just talking about, which was the, the depth in this draft at the wide receiver spot. And think about all the quality names that you have in Judy, in CeeDee Lamb, in Henry Ruggs, uh, Justin Jefferson, Michael Pittman, uh, T. Higgins, uh, Brandon Ayuk from, from Arizona State, LaVisca Chenault over at Colorado. And trust me, I wish I could memorize all these guys. I have the, the list of wide receivers in front of me. But these are... There's so many. It's there's unreal. so many really talented dudes at the wide receiver spot that... You know, like we talked about before, a lot of these NFL teams might say, man, it'd be nice to get a wide receiver at 15 or at 18 or even 13. But, you know, maybe there's a chance that Ayuk or, or I don't even know how to pronounce his name or, or Higgins or Chenault or Brian Edwards from, from South Carolina or, or KJ Hamler from Penn State. Maybe those guys are all still available a couple rounds from now because there's just so many dudes all bunched up together. I'm going to go ahead and lean towards somebody else. So, yes, it feels like there's going to be a run on wide receivers, but even if there's a run, there's still a lot of really good wide receivers remaining on the board. So by going on the under here, you're sort of going along with the idea that the, the run on wide receivers isn't going to happen until later, purely based on the depth. And so even though I normally like to, to fade the public on this one and follow the money, uh, in this case, I, I kind of feel like it might be the way to go under just because the depth is so high and so quality at the position. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, I don't know if you, you play much Dynasty, Ben, but in the rookie mock drafts I've done so far, it is unreal the type of wide receiver value you're getting in the late second round of a rookie draft, even the third. Like you said, Brandon Ayuk, uh, KJ Hamler, I mean, T. Higgins, all these guys are falling into the second round of our rookie drafts which tells you that in the NFL draft, they're not all going in round one. There's going to be a ton of round two, round three uh, value wide receivers available. 
And like we talked about at the start of the show, I'm a huge Eagles fan. I don't know about you. I've been locked in on Justin Jefferson at 21 to the Eagles for what feels like two months. But we need linebacker help. And there's a realistic scenario that they pass a wide receiver and let a, a linebacker fall into their lap and get one in round two. So I think it's a great point that the, the depth is just so um, remarkable. Like it's, it's unreal. I can't remember a draft like this. So round two wide receivers and round three wide receivers in the NFL draft are going to be uh, really, really good players. And I think teams could go that route because if you look at, you know, the big three in rugs, Judy and lamb, they're all going round one for, for sure. sure. After that, it's kind of a question mark. I mean, it, it, four, maybe five. And so, yeah, to have to take six players at the five and a half mark to go in the first round, I think that's kind of unlikely to hit. So I really like that call. Uh, quite a bit, actually. I hadn't even thought about it until you started talking what's, about it. So that's a what's great crazy about it, too, is that you might see four of those wide receivers go before the end of, of the first half of the draft. Like Denver, uh, Mel Kuyper has Justin Jefferson. Um, and then you're thinking, like, oh, crap. Like, I just took the under on five and a half, and there's still, you know, 16 picks left. But, uh, again, if the Raiders theoretically take a wide receiver, they're not going to take another one at 19. Uh, Miami is okay. Dallas is fine, especially that, that they brought back Amari. Jacksonville, we assume that they already picked a wide receiver. You have Philadelphia, but they have other needs. Um, Minnesota, um, you know, they just – I suppose they could go wide receiver there too. But I just – Especially after the Diggs trade. Especially, yeah. but they and they have two draft picks. So I think it'll be close, and that's probably part of the reason that you're seeing it at plus value on the under – but again, like if teams just think the value is there and they want to go actual best player available, you know, maybe that means that these guys get pushed down a little bit. Yeah, this is one that if you if you bet this, you're going to be sweating. Oh, <laughs> like, for there's gonna sure. There's going to be four in the first 17, <laughs> yeah. 18 and, and, picks, and, and, and you're going to be like, right. oh, Let's not crap. forget about Green Bay at, at, at 30, too. Sure, yeah. This is one where, you know, it's later in the evening, round one's coming around, and you're like, please pass, please pass on wide receiver. I think it's going to come in at, at five, probably, um, and barely make okay. thunder. So really, really intriguing there. But hey, uh, sometimes you got to risk it if you want to win those bets. So I like that call uh, quite a bit. Let's move over to the tight end position. And I don't love the juice on this on this call. I got this on DraftKings. Cole Komet to be the first tight end drafted is now minus 305. Again, I am kicking myself because I did not take this a month ago when it was like minus 200. Mm -hmm. um, you have it at minus 286. Is that on FanDuel? Uh, I don't think that's on FanDuel. I might have seen that over at BetMGM. I'd have to double check those odds. Okay. And that was when I put this together for an earlier uh, radio interview throughout the week. But what I did see was the you know consensus number two tight end uh, who has a lot of very similar characteristics uh, to commit, particularly as a ride receiver, is Adam Troutman. Uh, over from, I believe, the University of Dayton. And uh, Dane Brugler, who uh, yep, covers the correct. draft over at The Athletic, actually has Troutman as his number one tight end. Now I'm looking at um, Daniel Jeremiah's big board. He comes in at number three uh, with Harrison Bryant, excuse me, over at Florida Atlantic, graded slightly ahead of Troutman with still Cole Komet up, up at the top. So if you wanted to go with somebody like Troutman, if you feel like a, a team in the second round that maybe has a little bit of room to to run with, just wants to take a chance on a guy that's going to be uh, probably in sort of a similar mode as as Evan Ingram, just a guy that's not going to do a whole lot of blocking, but just a really good receiver, 
the difference is that Ingram was coming from uh, an SEC school and Troutman's coming from Dayton. But if you believe that he's going to be that guy, uh, just a really good over-the-middle uh, option as a receiver at the tight end spot, you can get a plus 700. And, and again, like a, a lot of these bets that we've talked about on the show, we're looking at it from a value perspective. Maybe a couple of them hit, maybe a, a bunch of them don't. But you're, you're looking at it from, A, following the money where a lot of the sharp action is going, and B, like this is sort of in the event that this hits – you're sitting pretty, especially knowing that there could be some more positive movement. You're jumping early on some of these bets. So uh, if Troutman starts to get talked up a little bit, especially this week, uh, don't be surprised if all of a sudden that number goes from plus 700 down to you know plus 500, plus 450 or so. So right now, if you can get it at plus 700, I believe on at bet MGM, uh, you might be sitting pretty. Yeah, that's a sneaky bet. I like Troutman a lot, especially from a fantasy football perspective. He put up gaudy numbers oh, yeah. at, at Dayton. Again, um, hard to say how well it'll translate, but Dallas Goddard played in the FCS, and obviously you know how good he is uh, now in the NFL. So these guys can make a huge impact at the next level. Um, that's a, a really sneaky bet. If you're betting Troutman, you have to do it, though, right now, as soon as you're listening to this podcast, right? Because that could change in a matter of hours or days. If you want to take the Cole Komet to be the first tight end taken, would you recommend waiting on that to see if Troutman moves the line a little bit? Yeah, I, I just don't feel like there's good value on Komet right now. Like, is if you feel like it's a lock, then yeah, sure, go ahead and, and lay the you know the 300 to win 100. I suppose that's not the end of the world. But, um, you know, again, we're looking for smoke screens. There's a possibility, too, that... Uh, none of these guys get drafted on day one. In fact, I'd probably be willing to bet that uh, under on uh, you know a half tight end in the first round, which is probably what I think I've seen on either DraftKings or FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, we've heard you know, maybe the Patriots make that move, but again, I, I think one of those guys is going to go early in the second round, and then um, Bryant and, and or Troutman are going to go right around there to start the run on tight ends. So yeah, I, I would say maybe the time to bet it would be after the first round, when all teams have passed on them and then we're maybe not really sure who wants to move up who likes one guy over another and then maybe things start to even out a little bit more at that point yeah that's a that's a great call uh one other one that you have on yours that i like a lot uh over under lsu players taken in the first round on dk sportsbook is at under four and a half what are your thoughts on that so um that actually might have changed to uh, over under five and a half. I, I need to go ahead and, and double check that as well. But let's just say in the event that it is four and a half. And, and if it is five and a half, then I, I, I like the under um, even more. So we know Burrow. Here, I'll look it okay. up for you real quick so, while so you're So we know that Burrow uh, clearly going to be the, the number one pick. If not to um, Cincinnati, some team will go ahead and get him. He's the, the top quarterback off the board. We know he's going in the first. Um, we know that Justin Jefferson, very likely to go in the first round. Now, again, based on what we had in our conversation about wide receivers, there's a possibility he gets pushed out, but I'd be very surprised considering he's probably that top four wide receiver in the draft. So that's two. Then you have Patrick McQueen, his top inside linebacker in the draft. Then you have uh, Caleb on Chasen, uh, one of the top two, maybe three uh, edge rushers in the draft. But then after that, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, we think that there's only going to be one uh, running back 
taken in the first round in DeAndre Swift. So he's not going in the first. Uh, Grant Delpit at safety, uh, a good name, but probably not one of the top two or three safeties on the board. So unless a team really starts to reach or there's a run on safeties, I have a hard time seeing that number go um, above four and a half. I I think four probably for sure. Uh, but that's why I'm probably leaning on the under four and a half LSU Tigers, just because there's some talented dudes. Yeah, and and real quick, Ben, it is at five and a it half. It is at so five and a half. So I, I so do you know what the what the juice is on on that bet for for DraftKings right now? Uh, yes, the the under right now on DraftKings is minus two seventy five. So it is a little bit of juice. To okay, lie. so I wonder if there's a way to be able to adjust the bet to put it down to four and a half. Maybe there is. Maybe there's not. I'd have to double check. But um, yeah, I, I think especially if it's at five and a half, I, I'd feel great about that under, even even with that kind of juice. Yeah, again, it's one that I think it comes in right at four. Uh, at five and a half, it comes in right at five, and I think that even gives you, like you said, you know, there's. There's four that we feel really confident about going in round one, and that extra one and a half gives you that little bit of wiggle room to to have another LSU player sneak into the first round and still hit your Absolutely. bet. Absolutely. So I think that's a great call because um, if it opened at, at four and a half and then moved up to five and a half and you took it at four and a half, would you recommend to people maybe doubling down to, to try to save the bet in case it goes to five, or are you just kind of hands off? Yeah, at that again, I think it just sort of depends on how, how invested you are in that pick. Like if you're hedging NFL draft picks, I, I, you know, I don't know if I'm necessarily, I don't know if I'm necessarily ready to, to, to get there yet, but um, yeah, if you took it at four and a half and now all of a sudden it's moved up to five and a half. Um, I, I feel very good about that under, but I, I wouldn't tell anybody to put some, some major money on it. Hey, if you're hedging NFL draft bets, bets um, we can't help you. Well, actually, you can. <laughs> we want you to go to you know a place like ActionRush.com and get as much information as you can. Oh, uh, there you go. Yes, no. If you're if you're there hedging you at yes. the NFL draft, no, I will welcome you with open arms. Come into my family. Let's have a conversation. Yes, head on over. Check Ben's stuff out on the site. Uh, he's crushing it over there. Okay, man. We are gonna wrap it up here with a couple that we like a lot, and then uh, a couple of fun ones at the end here. So. This is highlighted in green on my show doc. The question is, will T. Higgins go in the first round of the draft? No is minus 126. Yes is minus 102 on FanDuel. Ben, I don't know if you're following any of the pre-draft process with this guy, but it has been absolutely atrocious. Could not have gone worse for T. Higgins. I don't know how there's a scenario where he goes in round one, and we just talked about the wide receiver depth. There's other players that are going to go probably above him. Brandon Ayuk is getting round one buzz. Uh, Jalen Rager, obviously, is really solid. Uh, Denzel Mims. There's no way T. Higgins is going in round one. There's no way. He came out of Clemson, looked awesome, and then didn't participate in the combine. Then at his pro day, was kind of meh. Like, there has not been a guy that has had a worse pre-draft process than T. Higgins. I think he goes, like, late second, maybe early third. I absolutely love this bet. Minus 126 to not go in the first round. Hammer, hammer, yeah, hammer. Yeah, the fact that it's in green highlighter on our show sheet is all the more reason that I want to <laughs> jump on board. I, I'm with you, and he, you know you know who's going to take him, right? It's going to be – it's gonna be. this is a Dave Gettleman pick. This is oh, a classic, classic love the guy on film. <laughs> T. Higgins is probably going to be that wide receiver drafted by the Giants. I, I think they have a second-round pick. Um, let's see. Yeah. At 30, at 36. So, yeah. so if they don't go ahead and take an offensive tackle, um, and number four, I know that a lot of people think Isaiah Simmons is going there, uh, the outside linebacker from Clemson, but let's say they take Simmons and 
They think Daniel Jones is fine. Saquon Barkley can sort of help cover the load. They can go ahead and get his college teammate uh, in T. Higgins, and all of a sudden you got two Clemson guys. That excites a lot of people. Um, maybe that, that feels like that has to be the play. Uh, you know, go ahead and just load up on Clemson Tigers if you're the uh, New York football giants. But I'm, I'm with you there. I think absolutely uh, minus 126 for T. Higgins in the first round. I, I'm all over that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, is that listed on Dave Gettleman's sticky note? Uh, I would, yes. T. Higgins yes. over everything? <laughs> <laughs> Draft Clemson in, players, in, paren- in parentheses, <laughs> wait till second round. <laughs> yeah, and just to speak to that real quick, if they don't draft an offensive lineman, a tackle, with that pick in the first round, I'm going to be so sad for, for Giants fans. You draft Daniel Jones at the sixth pick, Saquon Barkley at the second pick. Protect your backfield. You have to get a lineman at that spot. But, hey, uh, we will see what happens. All right, man, we will wrap up the show here with a couple of fun bets. Um, tell me who the first uh, the first player uh, taken off the board, which presumably is going to be Joe Burrow, who is he going to hug first? This is on Bet Online. Yes, this is on on Bet Online. Who will uh, the number one overall pick hug first? Do you have Mom at plus one ten, Dad at plus two fifty, the girlfriend at plus three hundred, but she may not even be there due to social distancing. Friend, same thing, plus seven hundred. Sibling, plus seven hundred. Uh, the sibling is actually a little bit of intriguing value because you know that everybody is going to be in the house together considering the the quarantine currently going on. Uh, Maybe the girlfriend is there, but I'm not entirely sure. What I do know is go back and watch the film. When Joe Burrow ended up winning the Heisman, uh, he ended up uh, giving uh, the the bro hog to all the different guys that he was nominated with. It just happened to be a matter of who was around him at the time. He was sitting with them. But then when he walked over to find his family, mom was the first one there to get that hug. So my thoughts are that mom is going to get that hug first, and I think that's imagining where uh, they're they're setting the line. They saw the, the same tape that I did. So if you can get plus value on it, I think mom gets the number one hug from the number one overall pick. <laughs> I love the analysis, too, attached to that, Ben. Just grinding the tape, uh, really doing your homework. I love it. Yeah, but the, the, the thing is, the tape can get you in trouble, too. Like, I went through the tape for oh, yeah. uh, Demi Lovato <laughs> for the National Anthem, and I thought to myself, oh, this is going to be a clear over on the minute 56 that was initially put out. I think it even got moved up to two minutes, and I felt even better about it. Um, or not even better about it, but I still felt really confident about it. But the tape ended up fooling me. She had a musical background, and she got in and out at about a minute 51. And uh, bad job by me. I missed out on some good information there, too. Yeah, I had uh, I had a couple of college buddies. Uh, we were texting about this pre Super Bowl. Um, I have such degenerate friends. <laughs> like, hey, I found this article from four years ago. Apparently, she she struggles with uh, anxiety in public locations. Like, I don't think she's gonna hit the number to go over, uh, take the under, and and fortunately I did. It hit. Nice. Uh, but thanks out uh, thanks to my college friends there for that one. Uh, last one here. Uh, how many dogs are going to be shown in the first round? Now, this would never be on a sports book because typically people are at the NFL draft, but it's happening in Goodell's basement. So how many dogs are going to be shown in the NFL draft? This is a really interesting one, and it got a little bit more interesting when Adam Schefter the other day tweeted out that his longtime dog is going to be by his side for this upcoming NFL draft. So you know there's going to be at least one. But right now, the over, and this is from Bet Online, 
uh, is set at three and a half. And initially I was thinking this is a clear under. And part of it was they're not gonna have like those wide camera shots that are gonna be, it's not gonna be like a, um, what's that What's that camera company like Blink or um, Ring where it's like overseeing yeah, the entire house? Like these are Zoom calls. So it's gonna be on the computer. Most people have, it's gonna, it's be, gonna like be like this, except most people usually have the Zoom where they're, the, the, cam, the, the webcam is basically up their nose. So you're not gonna have like all these different <laughs> you know, dogs just going ahead and sitting there. There's a bunch of people all gonna be on the couch. The dog was probably walking around or he's lying on the floor. So initially I was leading under. But the more I'm starting to think about it, I feel like it's not going to come from the players' families. I think it's going to be more of a media thing. I think the media is going to sort of hype up the dogs that they all have with them. They're going to hype up being at home, that this is sort of what's special about the broadcast. And initially, I thought this was a clear under. But now that Schefter's talked about it, I think once he does it, a lot of other analysts are going to start to follow suit. And I'm starting to lean in the direction of over three and a half dogs shown in the first round, Matthew. You think I'm overthinking it? I don't think so, because what do we need during these difficult times? We need happy moments, and dogs are yes. awesome. Uh, so I am in the camp that there will be dogs on my TV next Thursday night. Uh, I like the over in this one as well. Um, man, what a way to end the show. <laughs> listen, we've been talking about we, <laughs> so listen, much we've talked about underdogs all throughout the course of the show. Why not end with a dog? There we go. Love it. It fits. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much, Ben, for coming on the show. Hopefully we helped you out with your picks for wagering on the NFL uh, draft. Of course, follow Ben at Benny Heiss on Twitter. Follow me at the Fantasy PT. The show is at Redshirts FF Pod. Ben, let the people know one more time where they can find your work. Uh, I imagine you're going to be working up until the NFL draft talking about some of this stuff. So where can they find your yeah, work? They can online? follow me at Benny Heiss on Twitter, B-E-N-N-Y-H-E-I-S, as well as over at actionrush.com. Uh, and also, uh, something to keep out, keep an eye out for. We'll have a fun little announcement coming up uh, for something really entertaining the night before the NFL draft. I'll have an announcement at Benny Heiss. Uh, Matthew, you're going to be a part of it as well as another member of the Red Shirts team. Oh, yes. uh, and some of the other and some really big names in the NFL media world, in the fantasy sports world, uh, some even the sports wagering world. A lot of us are getting together and do something really fun the Wednesday night before the draft. So further details, I highly encourage you guys uh, to give me a follow at Benny Heist when we make that announcement official. Yeah, uh, I've seen the list of names that are in involved in this event. Um, I am a small fish <laughs> in this pond. It is going to be awesome. So many cool names. You guys are not going to want to miss that. So check it out. Follow Ben. Follow me. Uh, John is at Dynasty Beard. Okada is at Matt Okada. Of course, the show is at Redshirts FF Pod. Find us on social media. Interact with us. Let's talk. Let's talk NFL draft. Let's talk rookie drafts. Let's talk fantasy. Find us there. Until next time, we are the Redshirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Redshirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.